1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian, yes sir, and Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. Hello, Ziggy. So we are uh, we are here, and we're continuing on a great series that we're doing. Uh, and these we're doing deep dives into the sorrowful mysteries yes. wow. of the Most Holy Rosary. So, yes, well, there. you know, it's these are the Sorrowful Mysteries. Yes. Uh, and we're on the third Sorrowful Mystery. Um yes, we are. And is that correct, Sam? We're on the that third? That is,
0: yes. Yeah. All right, also,
1: <laughs> for those of you who don't know what I just did there, I was hearkening back to the
0: second. Last week, okay, so I put together some notes, and they were about the second mystery. And you wrote, wrote third pillar, But I wrote third. I wrote third at the top. I know. And, and, and me. We're, we're never going to forget this.
1: Me being the... <laughs> Me, me being the simpleton that I am, you know, read everything that's put in front of me on the prompter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: anyway, so here is, uh, we are on the third sorrowful mystery, the crowning of thorns. Um, and uh, this, is a, this is a really neat one. one. And one of the things that we do uh, is we, there's like a, a, a fruit that we we're sort of pray that will be the result of our meditation or our pondering on this particular mystery, what, what fruit we're looking for. Sometimes there's a couple of fruits. Um, and this one, we have a, a a little bit of a unique fruit, as it were. It's like a it's like a kumquat, you know. <laughs> it's it's a it's a kind of a dragon fruit. It's a it's a different kind of fruit. Yes. Tell us about this fruit.
0: The helmet of salvation.
1: See, as a fruit, I don't. I you know when you first said that to me, it's like this is what I'm thinking, Deacon Jeff. And I'm like, has has Sam's rain on the air come to an end is it possible that finally he's given in and is like something snapped uh and we got to sign some papers and send him off he said the helmet of salvation and then i started thinking about it and you were explaining it more i'm going like that. what a cool fruit
0: oh yay yeah so i I mean part of my morning prayer routine is i pray uh the to for god to renew me in the in the armor of god that we have in Ephesians six and part of that armor is is the is the the helmet of salvation uh now saint paul he doesn't explain individual pieces of the armor armor of god in a way each piece of armor is is its own little seed of contemplation but when i was meditating upon uh the crowning of thorns and and asking god you know as we were preparing for this show uh lord what should the fruit be that we're praying for as we as we reflect upon the uh the uh, third sorrowful mystery. What came to me just crystal clear more than once, I, I you know was the helmet of salvation, and uh, it, it's you know it's kind of it's kind of a if you think about it, it, it's it's kind of a surprising to hear a link you know between the the uh, helmet of salvation and uh, the crown of thorns. It's sort of counterintuitive.
1: Greg. Yeah, it's definitely counterintuitive, and that's and that's mm-hmm. the thing that because typically in a, if we were looking for fruits, what are the fruits of the crowning of thorns? It's like well. Uh, The fruit would be humility, uh, docility, uh, being willing to be tortured for your faith. I mean, essentially, you know, and and, and so loyalty, there's all these different fruits that you could probably see here. And this is a, this is a different kind of a way to view that fruit.
0: Well, also, I mean, if you think of a helmet, you know, I mean, you would typically think of a helmet as something that covers your head, protects you, not something where you are vulnerable, suffering pain, allowing yourself to be attacked mocked, and yet, therein lies our salvation.
1: Before we get ahead of ourselves, let's let's actually read that passage. Absolutely. So, just to put us in context, and we're going back to, as Sam says, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 6, and, and we're going to start at verse 13. We've heard this before, but just listen to what um, St. Paul is asking us to do. He says, therefore, put on the armor of God that you may be able to resist on the evil day and having done everything to hold your ground. So stand fast with your loins girded in truth, clothed with righteousness as a breastplate, and your feet shod in readiness for the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, hold faith as a shield to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God, I mean he 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 puts these images out there for us, right? And we see this great spiritual battle, yeah. And I and I th- what I, one thing I love about that whole little passage there is it really does in a profound way prepare us for the world that we live in today, right? With the spiritual warfare that's going on, and and but 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 what I what I love about this, and I think what ties us into this idea of the of the thorns being the helmet of salvation. Is how he, he'll he'll say things like, it's like we're we're getting ready for, um, you know, and your feet shod in readiness for the gospel of war and destruct. No, for the gospel of peace. Right. It's just like, it's like this sort of counterintuitive thing it's, going on.
0: Oh, that's a great point. And, you know, in terms of our salvation, you know, we often seek our salvation in so many false crowns of the world. Uh But, you know, this crown—the crown of thorns. I mean, that's that's the crown of our Savior, the King of the Universe. We're we're invited, you know, by priest, by we are priest, prophet, and king by our baptism. Each one of us, we're, and that's us sharing in Christ's kingship. So we're
1: baptized into His kingship. Yes, yes,
0: exactly. And so, and sharing His kingship and sharing His crown. You know, it is a crown of thorns. And so, what we're, what we're hoping is is that by the end of today's episode, you'll see your share in the crown of thorns as your helmet of salvation, and that you'll welcome the crown of thorns as He welcomed. That's the a crown tough of thorns
1: fruit to pray for, though.
0: Yeah, well, and to choose it over all the cra- all, all the other crowns that the world has it has. There's some know, better ones
1: offers. out there, like our, our human. Our human nature would tell us, our fallen nature would tell us there's some really nice crowns out right. there.
0: Well, that's one of the reasons why, you know, the mortification that comes They taste comes like chocolate.
1: <laughs> you know, they they smell nice. <laughs> you know, and, and th- those are the ones that are so, like, seductive. Like, we, we, want, we walk in that direction.
0: Sure. But at the end of the day, you know, the, those thorns, if we al- allow ourselves to receive the crown of thorns, we're... We're allowing ourselves to let it pierce us, to cut us deeply, to circumcise our minds, to mortify our minds and prepare our minds to enter into the union, into union with mind, with the mind of Christ. Because, you know, the things of the world, they're not bad, but our desire for them are bad. How we value and think of them compared to uh, what their actual value is in the light of God. You know, we often fail to allow our minds to be mortified and corrected in the way that they ought to be and so i think that's part of what the crown of thorns does if we welcome it it helps protect us from the lies of the world um and, well and so i think we probably need to read the gospel passage before we go any further yeah
1: let's let's go to well there's there's four different passages to choose from yes. um, and we'll we'll do Matthew. Uh, and so, this is the, the, the 27th chapter of Matthew. And what's happening here is Jesus is being prepared for crucifixion. Mm-hmm. So, it's not enough for them just to say, All right, you know, uh, pick up a cross and, and start going that way, you know, because there, there are several people. I, instead, listen to what they do to him. Yes. Right? And it says this um, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus inside the praetorium and gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped off his clothes and threw a scarlet military cloak about him. Weaving a crown, of, a crown out of thorns, they placed it on his head, and a reed in his right hand, and kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat upon him, and took the reed and kept striking him on the head, and when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the cloak, dressed him in his own clothes, and led him off to crucify him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're essentially humiliating him, yeah. and they're trying to humiliate him with his claim of being a king.
0: Well, and remember, our Lord is, by nature and by right and birth, he is king of the universe. I mean, he's king. He's king. Um, now, he also becomes king by conquest. He also yeah. really uh, asserts that kingship uh, through his passion, through the conquest of the passion. But, you know, but also by nature, he was king. By being the only begotten son of God, uh, he was born into that. And and kings don't typically crown themselves, uh, but with the case of Jesus,
1: there's some stories of people who have. Though. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. But
1: they're they're rarely the right ones.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and, and but in, in the case of Jesus, he would actually uniquely he would have had every right to crown himself. Like he literally he could have he could have. Uh, uh, chosen the most ostentatious, the most luxurious crown imaginable, no matter how many diamonds and gen- and gems that you add, no matter how pure, how beautiful, none of that could even begin to compare to his infinite glory, his infinite majesty. Nothing in creation compares to his infinite glory and his infinite majesty. And yet he did not crown himself. He, he in his humility, he waited. And he let us crown him and so how did we crown him we crowned him with a crown of thorns and just as you read Deacon Jeff you know we combine that with mockery and insults beatings scourgings condemnations we spat upon him we rejected him we asked Pilate to free Barabbas. We put a sign over him on the cross, mocking him, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. In another gospel passage, we draped him in the color purple, the color of kings. As we crowned him with these crowned of thorns, you know, behold the man, said Pilate, subjecting him all the more to more vitriol and hate and violence from us. And yet, as we discussed last week, he opened not his mouth. So what does this teach us?
1: Yeah, we, that's, that's where we, we need to start to, again, this is not just about Jesus. I, I, it's really about us and what we take from this. Mm. It's really important for us that when we're meditating, we're not, I mean, like the idea, we, we look at the crown of thorns and we, we instantly think that, uh, um, that the, the crown of thorns is like, well, that's an awful thing. Mm-hmm. it's torturous it's it's so what Jesus did is so painful and I love Jesus so much because he, ha, he endured all that pain for me and it's all about his suffering and his pain and his discomfort and and people mocking him and there's truth to all of that yeah and yet there's um, there's like uh, this idea that this was all part of our salvation mm-hmm. right so so this this crown of thorns this uh this bloody kingship as it were uh is 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 this is the helmet of salvation right right so we have to look and and, and and try to figure out like well why
0: well i think one thing that comes to mind is there are so many crowns in this world so many crowns that we're chasing after but this crown of thorns is the only crown that lasts of all the crowns that the world has to offer It's the only one that lasts, you know, heaven and earth are passed away, but my word will not pass away. And so I think the way that it becomes our helmet of salvation, this lasting crown, the crown of thorns, because it makes us vulnerable as he did by having a willingness to suffer, we are seeking first the kingdom with a capital K when we, we are seeking the crown that he received with the crowning of thorns seeking that which cannot rust or decay or be destroyed by others and and trusting that in christ our weakness is our strength you know when jesus is on the crown i'm sorry when jesus is on the cross and he's beaten and he's bloody and he's got you know and he's being crowned and mocked and spat upon and hit with that reed you know he looks weak but that's actually him at his strongest yeah we are so caught up in the lies that the world teaches about what strength is and that Christ is inviting us to let go of all of that and to allow ourselves to step into that place of vulnerability yes and that again
1: that and that's where this counterintuitive kind of counterculture idea comes because it's so often throughout salvation history so as we're looking at the bible and there are countless examples but certainly uh looking at say like uh well you know we started lent and 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 right at the beginning of lent we have the reading of the temptation of jesus in the desert Mm. and so uh, i i remember going to school and uh i'm glad i'm out of it but you know, I remember as a kid, remember Tom when, when when you'd have like a you know today was a big test or whatever or some kind of big challenge or if you were getting ready for a big game or whatever, your mom would be like, You need to eat a big breakfast, you need to be prepared, you need to you need to do all this, uh, to, to build your strength up, to build your mind up, to build your body up. And this is what the world tell this is what our our bodies tell us, right? And 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 yet you'd have thought that uh, you know, as Jesus was going into the desert to be tempted by the devil, that maybe the Blessed Mother would have said, "Oh, you need to eat a, uh, you need to eat a big breakfast, Jesus, to be ready for this, because it's going to be forty days. You're going to get, you know, you need to you need to prepare yourself. And so, how does he prepare for the devil? He's forty days of fasting, right? Right. So there's there's the strength of emptying. Mm. so in the emptying is the strength that's where the strength is found and i've always contended that what that means is like when we empty ourselves of those things the things that we think that give us strength the reality is when we empty ourselves we then become vessels that can be filled by jesus that can be filled by the power of god
0: we're emptying ourselves unto the fullness of him
1: that's right, right. we're making ourselves available at that point and that's what the vulnerability is all about Um, And, and, you know, there's, like, this idea of this military leader that Jesus was, you know, meek and humble riding on a donkey, right, right, into town. It's like, wait, this is our Savior? He's riding a donkey. Right. You know, and it's like, it just seems counterintuitive. It's like, that's not what it's supposed to be. And yet, what it actually is, is even more powerful than all of the evil could ever imagine.
0: When you bring up an important point with the the devil uh, tempting Jesus... Uh, in the in the desert, because the third temptation, uh, the devil promises him all the kingdoms of the world. Yeah, right. And and when you read that, you're like, what? You know, the, the devil doesn't have the ability to give that. And it's like actually, if you think about it, yeah, he did. He he did because if you look at Revelation twelve. It doesn't say that when uh, Michael and the and the good angels cast the, 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 the rebel, rebellious angels out of heaven that they went to hell. It said it sent them down to earth. Yeah, where he would reign. Where he would <laughs> reign. So this is literally when Jesus took on flesh and dwelt among us, he was actually infiltrating the devil's dominion. Mm-hmm. And, and the devil was like, Basically, what he's saying is you you can you don't have to go on that cross. You don't have to, you know, suffer. Right. You know, I don't know necessarily the devil, uh, the extent to which he knew what was going to come and how uh, Jesus would save us. But ultimately, he was saying, I can make this easy on you. You know, right. you want the crowns. You can have it. As long as you worship me, I'll give you all the crowns. And so when we chase after crowns of this world, we're literally, you know, we're falling into that temptation that the devil tempted Jesus, uh-huh. and the, the true crown is the crown of thorns, and that's the helmet of our salvation.
1: Right, and and it's not the obvious one. Uh, you know, w- what did uh, Indiana Jones have to do when he picked the cup of Christ? Right, right? from the Last Supper. It's there were all these ones, and and all the people that had chosen like the so fancy well. right you he chose poorly you know (laughs) you know and then someone you know indiana jones uh chose wisely uh and 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 what was it it was the like the most like the cup of a carpenter i think is what he says in that movie yeah and it's the thing that doesn't look like the obvious choice that the world values the world thinks is the is the kingly uh the kingly cup you know and so the kingly crown um, when someone you know with these images of of the breastplate and, and the cloth yourself in righteousness, all these things that Saint Paul's speaking of, we have images of military might and this strong you know uh, uh, hard metal or whatever and these great spears and and certainly this helmet that's going to protect us that, that covers our head and would protect us from any evil you know attack on us. And the reality is that that helmet, is 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 vulnerability that the helmet is is the is a crown that's uh woven together out of thorns that that actually hurts to wear
0: yeah yes no that's a huge point i mean it cuts us like we were saying earlier it circumcises the mind mortifies the mind and it protects us from the lies Of the enemy. And and I think the protection there comes from, like, when you were talking about the the cup, you know, in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Which uh, I. I Good
1: holy movie, yes. (laughs) Very (laughs) religious. That's where I get all my theology from, from that movie.
0: (laughs) But the the point is, though, is that the reason that that was uh, a fitting moment in Indiana Jones is that Carpenter's Cup, uh, it, it reminds us of the humility. Of Christ And the word humility, the root word of humility is humus, which means of the earth. Right. Right. And so, like, when people say that, that guy is really down to earth, that's another way of saying that that, that person is humble. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And so, like, Jesus, who is infinitely high, he's literally the most high. Yeah. <laughs> right. He came... And taking on flesh, he basically, he went so low, he went past us, he truly went to the earth, right? You know, know that, know that you are dust and a dust that you shall return, right? He's the most humble of all because he emptied himself taking on the form of a slave. But the the thing that uh, that's powerful about humility, because we were talking about just a second ago, how the, the lies of the enemy, the crowning of thorns by accepting it, it protects us from the lies of the enemy. Humility protects us from the lies of the enemy when we give into our pride we're basically just opening up a door and letting the the enemy walk right in but what we're doing is when we when we mortify our pride and especially our our mind is the thing that kind of just makes the decisions as to what we're going to be letting in and how we're going to use our time we got to kind of begin with our mind
1: so and i'll go back to what we we mentioned and we talked about it in our, our last show uh, and you mentioned it again here and harken back to the fact that Jesus opened not his mouth. And and there's a part of that that's not just that he was silent, is it that he willingly accepted this? Right. It, it's this sort of docility that just says, hey, do what you must do. Right. Right. And so the thing is, for us to wear this crown of thorns, we're not crowning ourselves, we're allowing ourselves to wear a crown of salvation. Yes. When it, we're, we're being open to it. And that's what changes everything. Because as soon as we have pride, I'm going to put me on this crown, and I'm going to I'm going to hurt, and this is going to be great, right? Right? As soon as we've done that, then we'd look in the mirror and see it was some big shiny gold crown right. that was that had no lasting value, that had no effectiveness, right? We go like, but I thought I was putting a crown of thorns on. It's like, yeah, but see, here's the thing: this has got to be. A willingness to accept the suffering, a willingness to accept the being downtrodden, a willingness uh, to uh, to to be humble.
0: You bring up a huge point because with the will and the willingness, the will he willed this. Because I had just said, you know, we, it, it begins with the mind. But really, I mean, one of the things that we were emphasizing last week was that relationship between the will, the mortified will, and the and the and the mind. That's sufficiently healed so it can be guided by reason. So yeah, it's both. And it's not, you can't be humble while your while your will is flying all over the place, following all of its appetites. That needs to be brought down to submission too. If that crown is going to have, if the crowning of thorns is going to have kingship over us, you know, then the will has to get submitted as well.
1: And again, we see evidence throughout all of church history, but think about, think about like something like I've been to Lourdes uh, uh, several times. And when I go there, it, it never ceases to amaze me that this, basically, this sweet little uh, innocent, really illiterate mm-hmm. girl in a backwoods town in France. I mean, Lourdes was nowhere. Right. It was, it was nowheresville. I mean, it's just like not a destination on any map. Um, and so... He, Can't get there from here. And so Mary appeared to Bernadette, and and, and so much so that like when Bernadette goes and does what it's supposed to happen like i'm going to go tell my bishop and it's like what 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 who go away you know right. there's this there's this like you aren't some great scholar some great learned person or a man right you're this little girl who doesn't have an education out collecting firewood in a swampy area and this is who mary is going to appear to mm. uh, and you and you think all throughout history who the saints are the 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 are the examples are just um, uh, forever in terms of like uh, who God will use and 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 the weakest and the most vulnerable and the most humble among us are the most powerful witnesses to mm-hmm. His glory. Again, I think it's because. I don't want to presume, but I really do think it's like that in our humility, in our worthlessness, right, we don't deserve Jesus. In our willingness to empty ourselves, and again, willingness to empty ourselves, then we permit, we allow God to fill us. Right. And we invite him into that empty space, so that we then become vessels of authority and power and grace and mercy, and God works through us. And again, then in that situation, if we're looking in a mirror, we go like, "Oh, I'm wearing a crown of thorns," mm. and like, I, "I I didn't put that on myself. God allowed me to have the opportunity to the, the willingness to accept it."
0: Yeah, and 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 to let people, and this also includes, you know, part of the beatitudes is is blessed are you who are persecuted for my yes. sake allowing our we live in a time where a lot of folks are pointing fingers at each other and getting offended our part instead of allowing ourselves to play into that and get offended on behalf of Jesus what instead what we can do is focus on saying okay I'm getting attacked right now but really it's our lord who's being attacked and I want to I want to receive this attack in union with him I want to have a, a a mind that's united with Christ by the by the mortifying power of this this crown of thorns I'll let them place it upon me and I'm going to Lord, give me the grace to love them as you love mm, us. Yeah. And and you loved those who were persecuting you and crucifying you. A love that has no self-centeredness, no self-entitlement, a self-sacrificing witness of his love to the world. That's the thing that's going to transform the world. And that's going to be the thing that, that that's our helmet of salvation. I mean, that's the thing that ultimately is the mark of, uh, of a life well lived is a willingness to submit to his passion because that is the path by which our own personal resurrection happens.
1: And we as Catholics when we when we do the when we physically do the the sign of the cross, we touch our forehead and then our stomach and our shoulders, we're actually putting ourselves on a cross. Yes. I mean, we're we're so this is this is what we do as Catholics. This is this is we we have to welcome, we have to welcome the crown of thorns. Uh, to be willing to wear the crown of thorns, and so that's why praying this particular sorrowful mystery, this third sorrowful mystery, is really so powerful uh, in, in in the fruit that's born. I mean, our salvation is born in this particular uh, fruit, and 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 that's a great thing to um, to be contemplating, to meditate upon. Uh, as we enter into the great mysteries of the rosary, and certainly as we, welcome, um, as we welcome the Lord into our lives in a way that's transformative, right? It's so beautiful. And then to have uh, you know, his blessed mother, to have Mary there at our side to guide us along in this process is such a great gift to each one of us. And so let's ask her to intercede on our behalf.